0: Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host Ken Corkins and with me as always is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is season five, episode five. And as always, we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm back now from vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back of Logan. We took a whole gang of people with us, uh five-day cruise uh down to Mexico from Galveston. Had a great time. Uh very relaxing because well now you can actually buy internet on the boat, which is kind of a <laughs> a bad idea in my yeah, opinion. It's like yeah. I get on the boat, so I can't have internet and can't That's work. That's the whole point of the boat. Right. My <laughs> phone doesn't ring, my internet doesn't work. Exactly. But Um, We had a great time. Uh, We all made it back safe and sound, thank God. And how many emails did you come home to? Oh, man. I came back and there was 2,500 emails when I got back. (laughs) man. And then I get about 100 a day now, so... (laughs) I guess that's about what, it, that's what, that's the price, huh? <laughs> a lot of them were informational. I didn't have to do anything with them, but I had to look at oh, them to see what customers were looking just to go through that yeah. many, yeah, it's just overwhelming. Rules come in handy in Outlook. Just <laughs> set a rule. If it says this, send it in that folder and I can look at them later. <laughs> um, this week is Christmas. Christmas. And when we actually publish this uh, Episode, it will be Christmas Day. Yes, it will. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> <laughs> and Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. We appreciate you and look forward to having you along with us for the next year or yes, years. So thank you so goes. much, all of you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. With that, um, like I said, this is Christmas week. So, what are we going to read for our Christmas week? Or Christmas Day readings. Starting in uh, January, we're
1: moving into the Gospel of Mark, and we will be in Mark uh, all the way through Easter Sunday. Um, but Mark doesn't deal with the birth of Jesus. He doesn't. He doesn't talk about Jesus coming out. Mark starts with a guy named John the Baptist, who's already a full-grown adult. So I I've decided that gave me the freedom to go anywhere I wanted to go. we're going to do an incredibly traditional Christmas scripture. We're doing Luke chapter two, verses one through seven. All right. And what translation are you going to be reading from? Working from the NLT. And again, uh, other than King James, just about all of them will read very similarly. All right. He took with him Mary, his fiance, who was now obviously pregnant, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son, she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for
0: them. Amen. Now, if you've ever been around even charlie brown christmas right yeah this this reading is. The quintessential Christmas reading. It is. So, um, why do this one?
1: Yeah, I'll bet you I have set and studied these seven verses at at least 20 times. I've gone through them with concordances and a variety of of, uh, uh, reference material. And each time I find something new. Uh, This time I came across uh, so many examples of prejudice in just seven tiny little verses. And I had never noticed all of that before. Hmm.
0: So it's worth going through the same scriptures over and over because each time they speak to you differently. I've definitely encountered that in my Bible reading life. It's like, well, I've read this a hundred times, but wow, I caught something different this time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So how do you want to work this? Do we want to just... Let's just run through verse by verse. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, let's start with what?
1: Verse one. Sure. Uh, at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. Census. That's actually a really big deal. First off, it helps us date when Jesus was born because a lot of these censuses, censisi, whatever the multiple of sensei,
0: value sensei.
1: <laughs> whatever the multiple is. Um, we have good, accurate dates from the Romans about them or from the Syrian government. We have the dates. And so it helps us to, to begin to date the birth of Jesus uh, because shockingly the years as we know them are wrong. Yeah. Uh, this is the year 2020 uh, on year of the Lord. Uh, so we assume it's 2020 years since Jesus was born. Uh, but after we got a chance to really examine when were the census held, uh, turns out they were three to six years before Jesus was born. So Jesus is actually three to six years older than the, the year that we think that it is. Okay. So this, this should be only uh, somewhere from 2016 to 2019 right now. I don't want to relive 2020. I'm not
0: going I'm through not going COVID again. Yes. I'm not doing that. We're not That's doing so. a reset. Thank you very kindly. And today
1: we're counting down our picks for the top 10 reasons why 2020 was the worst. And the census is important because it's what triggers this journey to Bethlehem, which ends up fulfilling so many Old Testament prophecies. Right. So though, although... Augustus, who is as pagan as pagan can be, who has, in fact, declared himself to be a god, Mm -hmm. although he thinks he's God and he's in control, it's our God who uses this pagan to start a journey that will fulfill Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. So, our God is in control. Uh, And I love that, that the census is, in fact, proof of that. Right. Uh, And it's the first— the first example of prejudice as i was working through this um in most texts it'll say uh, uh a census should be taken throughout the world the romans considered the area they ruled over the entire world
0: mr Worldwide.
1: right the world according to rome yeah <laughs> if you are a roman citizen you were the apex of of human evolution and you deserved you deserved to be treated better than any other human being on the planet because you're roman mm-hmm. if you were a subject of Rome like the Jews were, uh, as bad as that was, the Romans considered, well, at least you get uh, you get to come and see how wonderful we are. <laughs> uh, you get to bask in our glory, so good for you. And if you're outside of the area we've conquered, you are subhuman. You're a savage, yeah. yeah and so there's this incredible prejudice that we're taking the census of the entire world. Now, it wasn't anywhere near the entire world, but from the Roman point of view, uh, if you're not part of us, you don't count. They held that prejudice.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we know that the Chinese were—the Chinese, the Japanese were all well along uh, in their own civilizations at the time.
1: And vastly outnumbered all of the Europeans and (laughs) Middle Eastern peoples together, Uh, and yet from uh, from Augustus's point of view, nah,
0: they don't count. They don't count. They're nobody's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what do we, what if anything do we know? I mean, we know probably a whole lot about Augustus, but what do we know about Quirinius? Anything? Yeah, he served as the governor of
1: Syria on two different occasions. So by combining uh, when he was in office with uh, the known dates of uh, censuses. That's how we pinpoint that Jesus was born somewhere between uh, 6 B.C. and 3 B.C. Uh, and it's a three-year gap because it took that long to conduct uh, a census. Right. It wasn't like you
0: could—well, they, they didn't have canvassers. No, no. You couldn't go online. Right, and <laughs> fill out your survey so online. It,
1: it took a good three years to conduct a census in all of the areas ruled by Rome. The whole world, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, why consensus? yeah, you can trust content that is consensus yeah. not consensus, census but <laughs> <laughs> and so we that's about the best we can pinpoint down jesus 's birth, but it helps to know that Quirinius
0: was the governor because then we know which census to count okay all right, then uh, verse three, all return to their own ancestral towns to register for this census, and like we said that's that starts this journey back to the ancestral home, which then fulfills the The prophecies of the Old Testament. Now, there's
1: there's two parts to this that uh, uh, a lot of people probably don't recognize. And the first is, uh, at least in Israel, they're only going to count men. We know that Mary goes along with him, but... Not to be counted. Men are the only ones we are going—not going to count me, uh, women, not going to count children, only going to count men, because they're the only ones that matter. Mm-hmm. So there's another very precious yes. example mm-hmm. of, of prejudice. And the other interesting part is the Roman, the Roman census, the, this one that we're aware of, decreed we only want to know about landholders— because they're the only ones with enough money to really pay taxes anyway. The other people are so poor, they don't pay any taxes, so they're irrelevant to us. So we only want the wealthy uh, and, at the very worst, the middle class.
0: We don't care about poor people. Right, and slaves wouldn't be counted either, no, probably. No, no. Yeah, it's only the—let's count all the people that can pay so you know how much to get, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> Which brings up this really interesting idea. Well, then why was Joseph traveling um to Nazareth? He was poor. He wasn't a landowner. So why is he— Having to go and having to be counted, um, and it, the issue is, it's different in Israel than it was anywhere else in the world. In when Joshua brought the uh, the Israelites into the Promised Land, right, he he divided them up by tribe and gave them each a geographic area to live in, something like a state.
0: Right, we talked about that two weeks ago.
1: Right. And then they set this system. God set a system of every seventh year from then on is going to be what we call a Sabbath year. And on a Sabbath year, you don't plant any crops. You let your ground lie fallow. If you've got servants, you give them a year off to rest up and recuperate for when you do go back. And it was just a, a, a year of rest. And then every seventh Sabbath year or every 49th year, you had Jubilee. And in theory, in Jubilee, everything went back to the way it originally was. So if your grandfather had gambled away the family estate, and now you are poor people because grandpa messed it up for everybody, on the Jubilee year, you're supposed to get your house and your land back. Wow. So that your family is not poor and and isn't punished for grandpa's stupidity for the rest of forever. And so because in theory, now Jubilee was only celebrated one time in in Uh. like 1500 years, but (laughs) because it's on the books, there's this Jubilee, Joseph potentially could be a landowner again sometime in the future. So the Jews said, you
0: got to come on down and be counted. Interesting. Yeah, that... That would okay. That's an interesting twist. Deep, deep uh, historical fact there. And now deep thoughts.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I had always just assumed. Well, they both had to travel down because everybody gets counted. No, not everybody gets counted. But in and in Israel, it was
0: it was an odd situation. And Mary went along just because. Well, they were married, (laughs) right? Plus, she's well. No, they're not married. No, you're right. right. Oops, they're engaged. You're right. They're engaged, but she's pregnant. And so he's taking care of her. Yeah.
1: You know, we have to just make a bunch of assumptions on why she went along. Um, Maybe it's because he was worried the baby was about to come and he wanted to be there for that. And he had to make the trip. Uh, Another theory that carries a lot of traction is that she was going to be open to a lot of abuse, uh, verbal and emotional abuse, if he left her behind because she's an unmarried, pregnant girl. And that actually Joseph was being protective by making her go on this 90-mile trip uh, because you're better off with me than you are
0: with your family or or my family. Right. More prejudice. Yeah. Against unmarried, unwed, pregnant females. Yeah. Lots of it around. Okay. Um, Verse 4, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee.
1: Like I said, it's a 90-mile trip. Uh, we always portray Mary being on a donkey. We don't know if they actually had a donkey or not. Um, it's hard to imagine that a woman nine months pregnant would walk 90 miles. It was a tough life. She may have had to do that entire thing on foot. We About don't know. how long would it take? To walk 90 miles. I think they said that you could do 10 to 15 miles a day. So probably it's a two-week trip if they stop and rest on a Sabbath.
0: So So she's very, very pregnant. Yeah. Right. She's in the last trimester visibly pregnant, as it says. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
1: And the other thing that it brings up is they're coming from Nazareth. And we've talked about this before. Nazareth is the butt of all jokes in Israel. Right.
0: Nothing good comes from Nazareth.
1: <laughs> yes. That was, it was okay to say that because it's okay to make fun of Nazareth. They are useless people there. They're Galileans, which means they're almost Gentile. They're not really true Jews. And Nazareth is the lowest part of Galilee. And so, uh, we are, all, it was okay to be prejudiced
0: and, and just openly horrible. People from Nazareth. <laughs> <laughs> there are places like that. Wherever you are, there's some place Where, that is the butt of all your jokes, yes. too, right? Yeah. Okay, verse five. He took with him Mary, his fiance, Ken's corrected, uh, who was now obviously pregnant. Okay, anything about verse five? What is he? Well, we just kind of talked about yeah. why did we take yeah. Mary with him. You know, okay. there's,
1: we, we don't have any hard evidence uh, of why. Um, I'll go out on a limb here. There, there are two two camps that say, uh, "Where did Luke get all of this information from?" And some think, "Well, you know, this the apostles just shared it with him uh, as as he went through about his days with with Paul." But there's another group, and this is the group I subscribe to that says. Luke had access to Mary to Mother Mary, and he interviewed her because he's the only one who can tell us what Mary was thinking mm-hmm. and he does that multiple times throughout his gospel right. here's what she thought here's what she was afraid of here's what she was hoping for and and it seems that the only reasonable way that he would know all of that is if she told him so so i'm I'm part of the group that thinks uh, that Luke interviewed. Mary. And so it's it's interesting then that he, he talks about she had to make the trip, but she doesn't share with him
0: why she went. Might have been just common knowledge, or who knows? Yeah, yeah. I'm making up answers here yeah. for questions. Honestly, I have zero problem with the thought of Luke sitting down and talking to Mary. Yeah. Because uh, Luke, I mean, we see it all the way through. He's very well researched. He's a, he's an educated man, right? They, he's called a physician. Yes. So he's educated. Um, and And he's his gospel and his Acts, Book of Acts, that he writes, are very detailed, and it sounds like he almost like a scribe. Yeah, right. Following everybody around, and they did this and they did that, and we did this. Yeah, it makes sense because yes, you're right. He's got a lot of Mary history. Yeah, in his gospel, which, like we said, he can he can tell you what
1: she was thinking and feeling, and no one else can. And the fact that there's so much Mary in the gospel, right? You didn't write about women. In those days, it, right. it would have been normal to address Joseph, Jesus's father, but to even acknowledge his mother was way out of character for biographies and histories at that time. So prejudice. the fact that it, it is, <laughs> it's another prejudice. And so the fact that that Luke has so much of that information has led me into the, the Mary as a source camp.
0: All right. So I'm going to combine verses six and seven. Yeah. Um, and while they were there— the time came for her baby to be born. Seven, she gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And so, where do we want to go there? And there's a couple really interesting parts
1: about that. There's a, a professor of New Testament at Dallas Theological Seminary, uh, Daryl L. Bach, uh, and his area of expertise is the Gospel of Luke. And I've been fortunate enough to uh, to sit and listen to him speak a couple of different times and even, even be able to ask him questions. Uh, and I own a couple of his books. When he gets to that and, and talks about, you know, there was no room in the inn for them, he has some really specific thoughts because he's so well-versed in the Greek. And he says, the the focus could be on the no room, the the focus of that sentence. He says that nah, it would certainly be reasonable that everybody's showing up for the census and so there's just too many people and it's hard to find a place to lodge. Mm-hmm. And that's how they end up in the animal enclosure. But he says the way I read the Greek, the emphasis of the entire sentence is on the for them. Hmm. There was no room in the inn. For them. And he says it's prejudice because they are pregnant but not married. And it, from Nazareth. And from Nazareth, it was okay to say, you're horrible people. Right. You've made a terrible mistake, and we are allowed to publicly disrespect you and have no use for you. So you'll sleep with the animals because that's what you deserve.
0: That's, that's a different twist.
1: I, I had yeah. not heard that before, but uh, working with Dr. Bach, that's his, his take on that, is that the focus of that entire sentence is
0: for them. We make a big deal out of the inn story. Right? Yes, yeah. That in all of our folklore, if you will. Yeah, they got there late, and the inn was already full, and there was nobody that could take them in. Yeah, and so they ended up having to sleep in a barn, effectively. Right. Um, but maybe it's worse than that. <laughs> it's like, ooh, you dirty Nazareth people, <laughs> unmarried couple with who are pregnant. Uh, you can sleep with the animals because you're just. Filthy, yeah, like yeah. You're just immoral human
1: beings, right. and you don't deserve any better than that. Interesting. Uh, the other, the other part of it that's interesting, and and we all notice, we all hear, you know, Jesus was wrapped in swaddling cloths. Um, some versions misread that as clothes, mm-hmm. uh, swaddling clothes. It's actually swaddling cloths. You know, when a baby comes out of the womb, their their arms and legs are kind of twisted and bent and deformed because they've been packed in a tiny space for a long time. And, and, and if you give them a little time, their limbs and all will straighten out and be just fine. But the Jewish people at that point in the first century had this belief that if you don't straighten those limbs right away, they'll stay bent and twisted, and mm-hmm. you'll have a a, uh, for a, a cripple for crippled yeah. child, which is, oh, just a horrible thing. Everybody's going to want to know what was that child's sin or right. what was your sin, right? So take cloths and wrap them around the limbs, strips of cloth, and wrap them around the limbs to straighten the limbs out. That was the purpose of those cloths. If you're wealthy, you bought cloth ahead of time that was specifically cut and, and stressed for this. If you're poor— You ripped cloth from the bottom of your own
0: garment, and that's what a swaddling cloth. I was going to say, maybe it's like burlap or something, like the the cheapest material you can find, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) and and it would have been just—so Joseph and Mary reached down and started ripping up their own clothes to make these straightening cloths for Jesus, which is another indication of how incredibly
0: poor they were. And that's another kind of weird misnomer that we might have that— Joseph was a carpenter, and therefore he was somewhat wealthy yeah. because, you know, he had he owned his own business. Right. And so that's how he, you know, provided for his new family was that he was a carpenter. Uh, this might have been early on in his career when he hadn't really established himself. Yeah. And now he's got to walk away from Nazareth to go up to Galilee to be counted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were very poor to start with. When
1: the shepherds are told by the angels, go and find this baby— it's the poverty that they're supposed to be looking for. He will be in swaddling cloths. He's going to be wrapped with ripped ripped sheets or uh, ripped pieces of of material. He's not going to be dressed nicely. You're going to find the baby bundled with, with poor garments. And the very first visitors to Jesus are shepherds. And you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. privately before. I'm not sure if we've ever brought this up on the podcast. There was an actual list, a written-down list— at this time of people you were allowed to hate and shepherds were on that list. It's okay to hate them. Um, They weren't allowed to give testimony and trials because everybody knows shepherds lie and shepherds steal. Uh, So you can't trust them. So don't ever ask them for evidence in a court trial or don't ever ask them their opinion on anything. And it's okay to just flat out hate them and abuse them. Uh, And I think there are 10 or 12 occupations. Like
0: tanners. Yes, tanners. Um, because they they stink. Yeah, yeah, they smell <laughs> they so bad from the chemicals they use. Uh So yeah, there was, yeah, some people, and shepherds were hated because they didn't go to Sabbath. Yeah. Because they had to watch the animals, yeah. whatever animals they were shepherding, sheep probably. Duh. They were just ungodly, and you could therefore hate them.
1: People on this list, men on this list, were the only ones whose wives were allowed to divorce them. Otherwise, the man had to, to initiate divorce. But if you were married to a shepherd, the woman could initiate
0: divorce because he's a shepherd. He's on the despised list, right? And it just makes my life harder because he's despised. We have no no s- status in in uh, yeah in society. So if, if I feel I'm better, I can just divorce him and go. So the
1: people who are the first visitors to see the new baby that same night are the victims of unending. Prejudice. Anything else on this one? Nope. That's all
0: the the sort of new stuff I discovered this time. There is a lot of prejudice in that when you when you dig into it. There's a lot of predetermining. You're bad. You're poor. You're unloved. You know whatever it might be, just because yeah. of where you came from, your social status. We still face that today. Yeah, obviously, but yeah, it was very prevalent in this story as well. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm gonna. Make a wild guess here, but have you given a sermon title yet? We're going to call this one Prejudice. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> uh, so if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Pull that down, click on Sermons, and look for the sermon Prejudice. And this will have been delivered on December 25th, 2022. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay, so you've kind of mentioned it, but let's bring it up at the end like we always do. Where are we going next? Going to move into the
1: Gospel of Mark uh, beginning on Epiphany Sunday, uh, January 1st, and
0: staying there all the way through Easter. Excellent. Uh, You ready for the dad joke? Yes. Okay. Why is it a bad idea to eat a clock? I don't know. Because it's so time-consuming. And with that, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Listener reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There, you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky's sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.